Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Being Amos Podcast. This year I had the opportunity to go to Dragon Con with some friends. And while I was there, I did quick interviews with some artists, writers, and also some cosplayers. And I had a great time. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. This is Amos with Just Being Amos Podcast. Today I got JR Mounts. How you doing, JR? I'm doing great, man. Happy Sunday to you, my friend. Oh, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. I mean, that's what we at church. Day three. Well, this <laughs> is church. It's the church. church of the geek. Hey, and the nerds and the geek. You're right, man. You're right. Uh, so, JR, I know you have your own comic. And tell my audience what comics do you um, um, do. Okay. Well, I've done a few comics that I do in different projects. But the biggest one that people know me about uh, is the Fried Pickle Noir. It's like Sin City meets Veggie Tales. Crime stories about fruits and vegetables. Oh, not goodness. Fruit and vegetables, man? Yep, they're going at it mob style in a seedless city called The Pits, trying to bump each other off. <laughs> and it stars Q Cumbersome, fried pickle detective that takes on the meatheads, melon heads, eggheads, and potato heads. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of uh, heads. It's a lot of heads. It's a lot. And there's more coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. They're not rated B for vegetable violence for nothing, my friend. <laughs> so what made you come up with the idea of the book like that? I was originally doing uh, music for a long time, and okay. then uh, I was, that was going to be my path. I was going to be a musician, but musicians take bands. Bands are other people, and right. I didn't really want my material in the hands of as, uh, other people. Right. Um, because like you get some friends, but then like maybe the singer doesn't work out, or maybe the pianist doesn't work out. Right. Um, so I would design like logos and album covers, and a friend of mine suggested I start drawing. Um, comic books right 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 and so I created the scary tales which is um, my first comic book about little kids who dress up as superheroes and monsters and then they meet a town full of monsters like your Calvin and Hobbes meets Nightmare Before Christmas oh okay they make their own comic books and they make their own characters and they make their own costumes and I wanted something really zany for them to come up with right a friend of mine said you know uh, you should have a fried pickle character because we were eating fried pickles and it just came to me like okay of course he's a fried pickle that used to be a cucumber <laughs> until the worst thing happened. He got fried alive by the mobs, and now he's a fried pickle out to get revenge. And it was just dominoes and snowballs. It just kept happening. Wow, that's crazy, man. It's like That's kind of insane. You pull it out of the ether, and yeah, people ask me if I was high when I made it up. But no, I was just really bored. <laughs> so um, your main character is, um, uh, what's his name? Q Cumberson. Q, Q Cumberson. So he does, does he have a sidekick or... Any? No, he's he, it's actually he's a one one trick pony guy because he used to be a cucumber, all right. Right. He was a he was a, a policeman on the force, so he had friends, all right? right. But when the mobs move in, they created this town and they turn the town into the pits. Right. So they fry him alive to get him off their tail. So oh, now okay. he's the only fried pickle. He's got a drinking problem. All right. He's been beaten, battered, basted, and juiced. So he drinks vodka all the time. He smokes <laughs> corn that pops popcorn, and now all he, he's just hooked on revenge. Wow, well, it's a typical um, good cop got caught in a bad situation. Yeah. It's your Philip Marlowe. It's yeah. your Sam Spade. It's right. your Marv from right. Sin City. It's Rorschach from Watchmen. Wow, that's it's a good take. It's the Lone Justice. That's a good take on that, man. So when you were doing this um, book. And all of a sudden, I, um, what made you just go ahead and just go ahead and go with it, man? Because it seemed kind of kooky when I hear about it. People, man, this is this is different. This is 
weird. Different is the operative word, yes. Yes. Not necessarily good, not necessarily bad, but different, different. or interesting. Yeah, different, right. <laughs> so before you was um, doing the comic, you say you was in a band, right? Yeah. So have you always wanted to do a book? No, I actually always wanted to be a musician. I wanted right. to write for um, uh, songwriters. I wanted to perform on stage. I wanted to be in a rock band. I wanted to be um, in theater. Right. Um, I just love storytelling, and music was my was my passion. Right. But I turned to art because um, I used to, I started out wanting to draw for Disney or Spider Man or Godzilla, but I never gave up doodling. I, I also love cartooning, like Bill Watterson's work for Calvin and Hobbes. Oh yeah, uh, the best work in the world. Bugs Bunny. I love that kind of like manic zany stuff. Right. I love laughing, and I'm a big smartass. So uh, I could do the Dark Knight stuff if I wanted to, but I'm just not as good at that as I am cracking jokes. So right. that's not something I could ever harness musically. I can do a Deadpool if you have the opportunity, well, right? If you look up, Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy has definitely opened the door for like humor in geekdom. Right. So we can't, we don't have to have a dark Superman or a dark Spider-Man or a dark Batman. We can have a zany Deadpool. So now the, the trick is like with Pride Pickle Noir, especially. Yes, it's crime. Yes, there are mysteries, but they're all puns. Right. So you got characters like Hell Raisin. Keep going. Okay. You got characters like Hell Raisin, Hater Tot, and Sal Manila. So I'm trying to get you to laugh at these characters, wow. but they die biblically. So this is like veggie violence here. <laughs> We're talking meatheads, melonheads, eggheads, potato heads, okay? So my question is, what kind of process do you go through creating this book? I mean, what is your process? What do you go through every day as far as coming with a new idea and stuff like that? What, 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 what comes to that? It's always got to do with the writing first. The, right. writing, the story has to be the most interesting because art style, once you get your style down, yeah, you can always draw prints and poses, but without a good story, art really doesn't have much movement to it. Right. Um, for me, anyway. Right. So for myself, I always try to come up with something that's an interesting story to tell, something that is maybe not be as predictable, but at the same time, it still goes back to the noir roots, right. the crime roots. I love mysteries. I love uh, discovering things about characters. I love the evolution of a character. You know, I don't know. Will cucumber some die? I don't know. Will he ever turn back into a cucumber? Probably not. But what might happen in his life? Right. And I've got nine books planned so far in my head. And there's a lot of pain coming for <laughs> But I'm also bringing the jokes as well. Right. All right. Another question is this, man. What do you think about the indie comic scene right now? I think independent-wise, it's hard to get marketing. Because right. um, in one, on one sense, there's a lot of oversaturation. Right. There's a lot of excellent work. There's a lot of bad work. And it's hard to weed through. And there was a time where all you had to do was flip through Diamond Previews and you could find out the new comic book coming out. Right. But now, there's a lot of good, really great, undiscovered work as well. And I'm not one of the greats. Okay? Right. I'm making my thing like a, a mom and pop book. Right. I'm a mom and pop independent comic book. But I will tell you this. I think for independent comics right now, anybody who's got a story should be telling it right now. True. Because it's never been easier to self-publish your own work. Right. But my, my thing is that since social media is so prevalent now, yeah, you can probably you get stuff out there. You know, and there's sometimes Twitter, when writers Instagram are looking and... for artists, they always say, "Do you have um, your stuff online, like DeviantArt or you know Instagram and things like that?" Yep. You know, back in the day, I think you couldn't. All you had to do come to a convention portfolio, or you might be struck a luck do one of those contests they had. Yep. You had yep. to wait for someone to publish you. That, right. was, that was the main thing. And that's where I kind of go the, the self-publishing route because these days, you can still try to get published by somebody. You can still um, get discovered by somebody. But that is a certain amount of luck that you can't control. That's right. You can't control who will discover you when. Right. You could literally be on the same corner that Mike Grell was on the corner of when he got discovered or something like that and it'll never happen for you. But I will tell you this. 
in this market, movement is the most important thing. You get your work done, you print it. You get on, uh, you get a table at a convention, you meet people, you tell people about your work. You get, you're passionate about your work, they will buy into it. They'll feel your passion for your work. So I'm doing this at the skin of my teeth, okay? <laughs> I print books not because people demand it, but because I want to see what happens next as much as anybody. By far, you got to be a fan of this genre. Yeah. You have to be a fan of it to do it. Well, it helps. It helps yeah. a lot. There's a lot of great work that I've seen here um, just because I was looking for new work. Right. Uh, I love my Spider-Mans. I love my Batmans. But I'm noticing a formula happening more and more with those characters that can't be messed with anymore. You can't create the Dark Knight Returns anymore. You cannot do it anymore. There are established characters. Right. And you can't, you're going to do so much with those characters. Right. Because Marvel and DC have the rights to those characters. But you take someone like Dust Bunny by Brett Brooks. Right. You take someone like The Goon by Eric Powell. Right. You take The Hawk of New York by Randy Bishop. These guys, no one knows what's going to happen with these characters. Right. You know, I'm hoping like with, with Fried Pickle Noir and Scary Tales that maybe I'm bringing new characters as well. Right. Mine are like, you know, they're joke crackers, but maybe I'm bringing the, the, the funny to people that people want to keep reading over and over. But that's where the indie scene is really fantastic. We're getting great writers that are telling great stories now. And I'll just tell one, tell a bunch. Well, for me personally, man, I get a lot of image, action lab sure. stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I love it. IDW, yeah, all boom. Oh, yeah, boom. So they put out great work. Yeah. They really do. Image is, is above all doing more independent stories that no one's ever heard of. Right. Right. Everybody knows Walking Dead. Right. But at one point they didn't. No. But they don't know that Kirkman also does Invincible and Super Dinosaur and w The Wolfman. Oh, I love The Wolfman. The Wolfman's fantastic. Yeah, I love The Wolfman. Not to mention like Battle Pump. Yeah. You know? And that's just Kirkman. All right? There's so many other people. You know, you got Bitch Planet. Kelly Sue, I love her work. Like Matt Fraction, oh, Six Sex Fraction. Criminals. Like Ed Brubaker, dude. Right. Fatal. Right. Hey, you've got so much great work coming out now. Um, and, and that's where I think the goal for us independents now is to maybe see like if an independent company might might help us out because we retain our rights to those guys. Right. Unfortunately, with our Marvel and DC, they have to own those characters. Right. That's your deal. But you also get millions of copies printed. With at least uh, IDW and Boom and Image and even Dark Horse, you get your stuff printed. Look at what Hellboy did through Dark Horse. Right. You still retain your rights to your characters, but you can tell the stories as you want them. No one's going to turn my pickle into a banana. You know? So I would never go someplace that would make me change that. Right. That's great, man. That's great. I sure appreciate you doing this for me. Ah, dude, I appreciate it, man. I'm hoping that I can inspire other people to finish their work. Because we always need new work, man. Keep doing what you're doing, JR, man. You put some good stuff out here, man. Thanks, I kind of found it hilarious to see a fried pickle, though. I love fried pickles. Well, you know, I'm finding that I love pickles, but I get a lot of people say they don't like pickles right. at all. So I say, well, just chop off his head and put him on a hamburger. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. And it works. Yeah, I appreciate it, JR. Thank you, Amos, man. Hey, everyone. This is Amos for Just Being Amos Podcast. I've got my guy, Dexter Vines. What's up? All right, what's, what's been up to, Dex? Same old, same old, swinging ink, uh, just freelancing, you know, here and there, just uh, working on some Han Solo for uh, Marvel. Oh, uh, that's the one Marv Brooks is writing. Yeah, yeah, it's a five-issue series. Uh, issue three just came out uh, this past Wednesday, and then I'm working on a, a graphic novel for an independent company. I can't speak on that at this moment. 
Yeah, we don't want you to get you in trouble. We don't want that. We don't want that that at all. all. So since you've been doing freelancing and everything, man, uh, besides inking, you doing anything else? Uh, just working. Uh, I'm working on actually working on a, uh, putting out a book for next year for uh, just kind of about some of my inking and you know, yeah. just kind of trying to you know you know get my name out there a little bit more. So kind of show people what I'm doing and then so I'm just working on that right now. Okay. Now I've seen some of your art already as from, from a friend of yours. Yeah, right, right. Mutual friend. And um, you consider doing a little piece of um. Art, you know, some I drawing. Oh yeah, I definitely want to do my own thing. I, as much as I love superheroes and comics, you know, working and inking it, uh, I want to. As far as doing it my, myself, I, I like I lean more towards like Sin City, you know, kind of realistic, gritty kind of kind of stuff. So that's the kind of stuff I like to draw personally. Something like what Air Brubaker does. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you say, yeah, that kind of genre. Or like say Sin City. It's kind of like the first. That thing. criminal. Just, yeah, just people. Yeah, regular people, criminal, hundred bullets. Right. You know, oh, hundred bullets in class. Kind of stuff like that. So oh, that's cool, man. So. Late, I think the last time I seen some of your work, man, I think you did a variant with Bags. With who? Martin Bagley, you did a variant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man. The Spider-Man, yeah, I've yeah. seen it, man. Thank you, thank you. That's my first time ever inking uh, Mark. Oh, how is that? It was fun. It was fun. So, because Mark leaves enough room for kind of inker to play, and I'm the kind of group, you know, I like to play around since I pencil, you know, myself. Right. So, any chance I get the... Uh, kind of play and stretch my legs a little bit I want to do it so, so it's very, like it was it. very generous definitely definitely because he's a little old school he leaves room for the inker to you know get in there and do it like a lot of you know your newer pencilers or younger pencilers uh, everything is there everything all, every detail is pencil you know there's no room for uh, you know. so, so in other words he's the um, he does the drawing and he needs space for you to do which, I mean, that's that's cool, man. Yeah, right, yeah. Most people don't do that these days. Right, right. So I say, yeah, the younger guys, it's more of a, they draw everything, which is fine too. But yeah, giving me a choice, I'd rather definitely have a little a little playtime if I can. Now I, I read some of um, Ed McGinnis. No, I mean I seen uh, what was that? Oh, the Hulk series, and I think it's also Deadpool. Deadpool and Spider-Man? Uh-huh. You working on that too, right? No, no, no. Uh-huh. That's how my buddy Mark Morales is inking that. Oh, you inking that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I know some, you did some of Ed McGinnis' work in the previous years. So how's how working with Ed McGinnis? It is awesome. I've, I've, even before me and Ed started working together, I was a fan of his artwork. Right. So when we got a chance, uh, when Superman Batman came around, Eddie Beganza, who was uh, actually the first ever to give me work, that was Jeff Lowe was um, writing, right? Right, right. Okay. And, uh, yeah, every guns called me up, hey, got this project, Superman, Batman, inking over at McGinnis. It's like, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, that's all I needed to hear. That's and good. we've been a good team for about 10 years after that. Hulk and, you know, JLA Classified. We worked on a ton of stuff. Yeah, so I we wanted to that. take a little break and work with a few other people for a little bit. So right. I was like, cool. You know, kick over here and do some other stuff. You know, until we get back together at some point. Yeah, I read some of the earlier stuff, man. Um, Jeff Lowe, Batman, and Superman, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It was a great work. Yeah, yeah. And Jeff, I was I, when I found out he co-wrote uh, Commando. I, was, <laughs> oh. I, I love you. Oh, the Schwarzenegger Commando. Yes, really. Yes, you I didn't writers. know that. Yeah, yeah. Jeff was one of the writers on that. Wow. Uh, you learn something new every day. I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. So, so besides comics. Have you got any, anything else you um, got planned besides you know, inking the comics and stuff like that? No, that's just keeping my head down to the grindstone. Like I said, I got a, 
uh, I definitely have a creator own thing in the in the back of the in the back percolating. Right. So I definitely want to get serious about that real soon. Um, it's definitely a great time in this industry for that kind of thing. Yeah, so, it really is, man. It's a lot of creator own uh, right. so products like, out there. I might as well at least get it out there, whether it you know takes off to do whatever. You know, there's no excuse for me not to do it and get it out there. All right, and uh, um, what kind of process do you take? You know, once you get you get you get the job and everything, what's the process? What's your thinking process in the whole situation? Um, it's, at this point, it's I don't even really think about, it, especially because for the most part, I, these days I work with guys I've worked with before. Right. So it's pretty comfortable. Uh, I just you know, there's no long thoughts, and it's just get. I just really dive into it at this point. I've been doing it 20 years now. Oh, really? Yeah. So now I just get it and I go. Unless it's somebody I've never worked with before, uh-huh. you know, I'll look at some of their you know past inquiries who've worked with, and kind of see what they do, and then I'll you know kind of you know formulate my own little. Have you always plan. wanted to work in comics? Um, no, probably until when I got in high school. I mean, I always drew growing up. It was always something I did for fun. Right. And then when I started collecting comics in high school, and I realized, man, people make a living right. you know, doing comics? That don't sound like something I don't mind doing. <laughs> you know, and then I, I met Brian Stelfries. Um, oh, here, man, he is great. Before this is DragonCon, he used to call the right. Fantasy Fair. Met Brian. So, of course, you see a guy of color. It's like, bam. So I gravitated to Brian, and Brian is... Anybody who knows Brian, he's like a teacher, Spengali. I heard I a lot about Brian, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, he does a um, um, he uh, he teaches at the Portfolio Center, and then on Tuesday he has uh, every Tuesday he has a life drawing class. Oh, really? Yeah. So I go in from time to time and I have time and, and take his life drawing class. And you just watch Brian. I mean, just make it look so easy. Yo, I see him at Heroes Con when they do the auction. Yo, yeah. yeah. Oh man, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the time he put in. Yeah. Yo, it's, it's perfection. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, Brian is amazing. So, Brian, you know, I just asked him question after question, and Brian was just more than willing to answer any question I had for him at the time. And the people I asked about uh, uh, inspiration and who, who they look up to, and some people say Brian. Brian, he's like, like you said, a teacher. Right. You know, I heard, man, heard all the great things about Brian. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, yeah. Brian is the, like, so I wish you see he's up in Baltimore this weekend for oh, another the convention. Baltimore Con? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, Brian is just a wealth of knowledge, and he's... He's willing to, you know, give it to you anytime. He'll stop doing a commission, and I've seen him several times, like stop in like an hour and just talk to people. Right. You know, me included. I've had that. You know, and then he'll, you know, poor guy sitting there waiting for his commission to get done. But Brian is like, you know, showing you some stuff, and you know, oh, it's just, you know, it makes it look easy. <laughs> and you know, you try to do it. It's like, what? Right. What happened? <laughs> you know. Now, this is another question. Not comics, but I know you're a hip hop head, man. Yeah. Got you, you got the Run DMC shirt on, everything <laughs> like that, you know. And every time I come by you, man, you uh, playing some kind of hip hop. I gotta have music. Now, this, what is one of your favorite hip hop groups? Of course, they're from Atlanta, Outkast. Oh, ATL, uh, baby. Oh yeah, oh yeah, classic, <laughs> classic. I saw them last year in concert uh, when they came to town on their tour. So, because it might be the sound like it's gonna be the last time they're together. They need to put one more album. Out. I hope that because they own the face. Like a few more albums, technically. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but I, it doesn't sound like it's going to ever come together. Oh man, and big boy, Andre. Yeah, Andre is just like kind of like you know ready to move on and do other stuff. But um, anything they do, I love. Like you know, big boys put out a ton of some albums and it's really I picked good. that up. Phantogram. Really I good. That up. Yeah, Phantogram. Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, his own album before that is good. He's got another album coming out soon. Also, the one with Daddy Fastat. 
Uh, I'm not sure any details about it, details about right. it, but I know he's got another album he's working on because I follow him on Instagram. So okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, Dex, it's always a pleasure to talk Definitely. to you, man. Anytime, anytime you want to swing by, do that. I'll be here. Cool, cool. Well, thanks for um, my podcast, man. You know, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You know, I tell our mutual friend. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. <laughs> you do tell him to uh, delete that that photo. <laughs> I watch your will. I mean, thanks for having having you on there, man. All right, thanks thanks for having me. No problem. Hey everyone, this is Amos for just being in the podcast. I have Jen. Hello. With me. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this right? Broom. Broom on. Broom on. Okay, yes. Broom on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Jen, this is your first time at Dragon Con? No, this is not. I think this is about our fifth time here at the uh, show. The fifth? Yes. So all the cons you have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as Dragon Con, I know which one you think is um, what's the word? Friend, fan friendly. Well, Dragon Con obviously is very fan-friendly, and with the new venue and relocation of the Artist Alley, it's become much more open for folks to look around, but uh, one show that is extremely fan-centric uh, and uh, fan-powered is Phoenix. Really? It's a very good show in Phoenix, Arizona that we attend every year, and it's just the people there, just, they love comics. Now, I heard about Phoenix, I have a friend who's in the business, he, um, Mark Bagley, yeah. Uh, he um go to Phoenix and they call him and, and he says pretty good. It's a very good show. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So would you just, um, decide to go to a, what's 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 after this? New York. Oh my God. And we have not done that show. It'll be your first time. It'll going be to New my York. first time. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Wow. Wow. I heard good things about New York too. It's. Uh, I've heard that it's crowded, but I heard that it's a very good show. Right. And we've done C2E2, which are the same group of people who run that show, right. also running New York. So I know that Chicago is not as big, but um, we're, we're looking forward to, to doing a New York show. Uh, we know it's going to be bigger, but we're going to have fun. Okay, cool. So how long have you been um, doing comics? I mean, uh, for our cover, doing cover arts, right? Yes, yes. How long have um, you been doing that? I've been drawing covers going on six and a half years. Right. And I started with Big Dog Inc. They kind of gave me my break, and they were more of an indie comic. And I grew and learned with them, and then I went on to doing covers with Zenoscope and IDW. Oh, my God, Zenoscope. Yeah, yeah. Lady yeah, Death yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. And it just kind of snowballed from there. But, yeah. Going on I used to read Zenoscope, uh, Grim Fairy Tales. Yes. Yeah, I love the covers. Thank you very much for the covers. You're welcome. Now that you know, I, I know that I could have brought my cover if you got signed. Yes, you could. I mean, there's a lot of them that I've done for Zenoscope that people don't realize that are done by me. Um, I would say the most recognizable is there's a cover that was done, I believe, four years ago, uh-huh. and it was an angel, and she's kind of flexing her muscles with boxing gloves, hiding her Tetons, <laughs> and um, that one is one of the most recognizable ones uh, that I've done for Zenith. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so, what is the process to go through as far as doing your cover art and everything like that? What's, what you go through? Give me a day and life with Jen while doing a cover art of your work. Um, doing the cover art, I usually rough and uh, make a couple of comps, uh, right. at, like two or three, and I send them over to the editor, and the editor goes through and approves them. 
and um, then I get you know the thumbs up and thumbs down or make edits and uh, after that it's going into like pencils getting that approved and then going to inks so have you actually had a uh, cover that was too uh, what's the word not today liking yes really yes can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, uh, a good example would be uh, with Tom Hutchison, who's from Big Dog Inc. He and I have a good working relationship, but there was one cover that we went back and forth on. That you would think that we would not be friends. <laughs> um, granted, working with indies, it's, you get a lot more say and uh, freedom. Right. But he had an idea, and I just wasn't getting it. Right. And I had an idea, and he just wasn't getting it. Right. And, of course, granted, I'm working from home right. at the time in Alabama. Right. And he was in Chicago, so all of this is going over the internet to the point where I literally typed to him, I just need to go away. Right. And walked away from my computer. That <laughs> upset you were, you just had to walk yeah. away, huh? And so we were just that, I mean, we butted heads. But we took some time, and we came back the next day, we hammered it out, and it ended up being one of our favorite covers. Oh, okay. So it, that does happen, where you've done something, and they're like, nope. And you just kind of have to swallow your pride a little bit and start all over because they're paying you. They're so your client. How, so how is it like working for an indie comic versus like, have you done anything with the big big two? Not the big two, but I have done stuff like um, with IDW. Yeah, doing, Transformers and um, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, Jim, doing those covers. Right. You have to get them not only approved through IDW, but also Hasbro. Because they got the license too, though. Yes. So that one, there's more restrictions but they also, again, it's different that you don't have as much say, but everybody's pretty visual. So once you show them a product, they'll say, yeah, I like that. No, I don't. Let's keep going in this direction. And well, okay. Can, as long as you're easy to, to do edits and work with, Okay. That, that's what gets you jobs. So what's, what would be your favorite, um, what is one of your favorite cover art that you really did, that you really enjoy doing? One of my favorites uh, to date I put you on the spot. That, that's a difficult I put you on the spot. one. That's a difficult <laughs> one. It's been a while. Um, I, I had a, the second child, and I just kind of dropped off the map for a little bit, so I'm kind of having to dig back through. Um, I would say that there is a, there's a critter cover that I did where she's really sad. So my friend just said that you did the critter cover, and he had the print. Uh-huh. And he didn't know it was you, I believe. Yeah. So I've seen that, that, uh -huh. that print. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pretty nice. Thank you. Pretty Thank nice. You. So um, another question, I'm going to go leave and let you go back what you're doing, is um, would you consider ever doing like a book, this interior yeah. versus cover? Oh, actually, this is a great time for a shameless plug. I just recently got fully funded on Kickstarter. Oh, okay. Tom Hutchison, CEO and founder of Big Dog Inc., is the co-creator for a book that we're doing called Lights, Camera, Jungle. Right. And I think it only has like a few hours left on Kickstarter to get all the stretch goals on there. So if anybody would like to go on there, go to Kickstarter, Lights, Camera, Jungle. Um, and I am doing the interiors to that book. Cool. So, yes, yes. Cool. And it's, it's different because it's not just a Jungle Girls and all of that stuff. It's a TV show. Oh, really? Yes. So what it is is it's our main character has the acting bug, auditions, and finds herself in this TV show about being a Jungle Girl. And, and uh, it's kind of like you have the Jungle theme, but then you also have the Hollywood Jungle. 
Oh, well, I mean, good luck, you know, on that. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Thank you. It sounds pretty Thank you. good. It's been a lot of fun, and two years are a whole other beast. Oh, two years? <laughs> yes, they are. They are, well, because with cover work, you're thinking like more like a designer. Um, your job is to get someone to pick up that book that they normally would never pick up. Right. And then your job is done. Right. Interiors, you have to keep them there and hold them with the story. Right. That, and, that's true. Yeah, and keep that's them true. motivated to keep coming back. Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, good luck on your um, new book coming out. Thank you. And I'm going to go check it out, too. Yes, definitely. Kickstarter, Lights, Camera, Jungle. Lights, Camera, Jungle. Okay, cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, you have a great day. You too. All right. Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Me and Amos Podcast. Today I got Ted Nathy. Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah, he's the creator of um, Courtney Kremerin and Princess Ugg and uh, the new series Knight's Dominion. Yeah, I read Knight's Dominion. That's pretty good. Yeah, thank pretty you much. Thank pretty you good, much. pretty good. Glad you liked it. So, um, Ted, how long have you been doing uh, comics? Oh, God. So, uh, I was 19, I'm 45, so like 26 years. Wow. Yeah. 26. Yeah, yeah. You'd think I'd have gotten somewhere by now, but <laughs> um, I'm still a struggling independent artist. Oh, so have you ever done any work uh, with some of the major two? Here and there, but I just my heart's not in it. I mean, I love the characters. I, you know, I had, there are certain superheroes I just adore to bits, but, uh, you know, the... I like I like coming up with my own stories, not having to convince people, not having to alter the ideas to suit other people. I don't know how to do that. I've never right. been good at it. So I, you know, I just do a little work for hire here and there, and then I'm not that enthused about it, and then I get back to doing my own stuff. I'm back to being totally in love with my work. Oh, okay. I, mean, I hear that a lot about the indie scene. I mean, people like doing it all. Yeah. I mean, I think that's cool. I think that's cool. Because right now, as a fan, I read some of the indie stuff. I read some of the Image, Boom oh, yeah. Studios. Yeah, that's where it's all happening. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the good stuff. But, um, you know, of course, there's something about the, you know, these characters. There's something about superheroes that I love. Right. And everybody loves. But I And I think it's just, it has to do with the fact that so many different voices over so many different, so many decades just kind of came together and these characters are like a soup of all these different voices and all these different interpretations over decades. Because when you have those characters, they are already established characters. Yeah, but I mean, well, like, uh, like you know, Captain America right. you know, has gone through so many changes since 1940. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of great that what in our minds, Captain America is made up of all of our personal favorite Captain America. Right, right. You know, uh, and that purse, that Captain America in our minds is no, is not the same as the one on any given page. That's right. You know, uh, but that's kind of what makes these characters kind of magical, and I like that, and I respect it. Uh, but that kind of what that made me want to do is kind of make my own interpretations of these characters. So, my new series, Knights Dominion, is kind of a uh, a fantasy book, right? But it's dealing with kind of superhero tropes, like. And the, the characters become legend in the way that superheroes in the modern age become yeah. these sort of almost modern myths. I don't know, the guy that had a costume on, 
I had uh, I looked there like man, he looks similar to a certain character. I'm not gonna yeah. say the name, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the idea was uh, it was I started with the idea of a Dungeons and Dragons crew, right? You know, going on an adventure, but it was actually a heist because if you think about it. A bunch of guys with weapons going into a dungeon that ain't theirs <laughs> right. to steal treasure that's apparently free for the taking if you kill all the things guarding Right, you. right, right. You know, that sounds like a criminal enterprise, right? Yeah, it does. So I thought, this is actually kind of a Suicide Squad type scenario. This is a bunch of crooks coming together to do a, to do a caper. And, and then, of course, what happens over the course of the story is that they end up being the people that are there on the scene when the whole city goes to hell and they have to save it. Right. Um, and so it, they become they become kind of like, you know, the uh, classical thief, assassin, magic user, and cleric become kind of superheroes. Right. Uh, but I wanted one character in there that really just felt like a superhero straight out of modern comic books. Like, this is an Elseworlds version of characters that we've seen. Right. Now, yeah. I looked at that character and said, yeah, I've seen that. The Fury. Before the Fury, Fury. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was it's pretty cool. I mean, just to, just to show what I'm doing. Right. Just to, say, to let people know, yeah, no, this is definitely superheroes in a fantasy world. Because if, if it wasn't one, the idea would be kind of vague. But if they were all like that, the idea would be just too on the nose and too kind of cutesy. So how long have you been working with Oni Press? Uh, 15 years. 15 years for Oni yeah, Press? Yeah, they published my first, the first book that I wrote and drew. Okay. Uh, which was Courtney Crummer in here. Um, which was a children's, like a dark, spooky, angry, hostile children's book. Right. Um, and, uh, they, uh, but they've been kind of stuck, sticking with me and giving me all the support that I wanted. And uh, they had this policy, though, against doing superheroes, so I had to sneak it in. Ah, that's good. <laughs> now you got in there some kind of way, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, but they, they were like, they had just done a big cattle call for, you know, all the you know young up-and-coming creators to pitch their ideas. But And their rule was, the only rule was, no superheroes. Right. So I'm like, I got, I got a superhero book right here, but you can't tell. So have you always wanted to do um, like comic books or graphic novels? You know? um, ever since 1986. I mean, you know what? That was the year Dark Knight and Watchmen came out. Oh, that's right. That's right. And that's right. Uh, I was reading uh, a book called Camelot 3000. Which I heard about that Brian one. Brian yeah. Boland illustrated it. Stunningly gorgeous. And uh, Mage by Matt Wagner, which was a big deal at the time. Right. And, um, and then uh, Swamp Thing. And Alan what, Moore Swamp Thing? Yeah, Alan Moore Swamp Thing. That was right around the time that Alan Moore Swamp Thing was really hitting its stride. Then they made the movie. And then they, they made, made the, the movie. Yeah, oh, Return of the Swamp Thing. Oh. You see a lot of Alan Moore, you know, in Hollywood, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that guy doesn't even leave that side of his living room. He ain't coming out to Hollywood. No, he's not. He's not. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you've been him. doing, um, like, in comics ever since 86. And yeah, you decided yeah. Doing I fell in life. love. I was a, you know, as a teenager, I fell in love. And then, like, I was unemployable. Right. You know, like, you're a teenager, you got nothing. I failed out of school. And right. I, because I, because I kept drawing. Right. I, I wasn't really doing the work. I was just drawing. So it was basically all I had. So right. I put my all into it, um, and uh, you know, muddled along doing like little independent books. I worked to, uh, for a company called Innovation that was doing the Vampire uh, Lestat comic at the time. Oh, okay. And, and then I bumped around to Dark Horse, a little bit of Dark Horse here and there, and 
you know, and I did a book called The Machine that was part of their attempted launch at a superhero line. Right. Um, that was like there. It was sort of like Swamp Thing meets Tetsuo the Iron Man, <laughs> and uh, which was a great idea. Right. Uh, and I drew a couple of issues of that, but it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, but that was fun. I love you know, and I one of their books. You know, I did one of their books, and it sold two hundred thousand copies. So I have a book out there that they printed two hundred thousand copies of it. Two hundred thousand. That's an accomplishment, man. That's nice. Yeah, that was a big. That was a, a big, big number. Yeah. Yeah. So um, another question is this. Would you ever um, consider if the Marvel DC call you do a project? Would you like jump right on that? It depends on the project. project. Like if they said, like Ted, we want you to do an Elseworlds Batman book, I'd be, I'd be all over that. You no, know, that was one of the coolest stories, man. The oh, Elseworlds yeah. stories. Right. Give me all the alternative, the alternate universes, um, different takes on the characters, man. Yeah. I find that so amusing and so amazing. Well, they're also they're not, it's nice that they live in their own universe. Right. They're not beholden to whatever the hell's happening with. You know, I mean, I have a thing about Batman in particular. He's one of my favorite. He's he's my favorite. I like him like Gandhi. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, he's the best. But uh, there's Batman, and then there's what I call meta Batman. Meta. Like Batman is the guy that lives in Gotham City and he fights crime. You know, and Meta Batman is the guy, the minute he kind of shakes hands with Superman, he starts slipping into that Meta Batman world where right. he kind of isn't himself anymore. He isn't just just this character. The minute he shoots uh, Darkseid right. with a laser gun, right. like, he's not really Batman anymore. He's kind of like taking Sherlock Holmes and throwing him into James Bond world and not caring about timelines and... Not caring about what Sherlock Holmes is about. And <laughs> it's just, you know, it becomes a big old mess. And that's kind of part of the fun of superheroes. It, that, that is true. Meta level of, like, reinterpretation and stuff like that. But I love the Elseworlds because they put these characters back in their own little universes. Where the universe exists for that character. Right. And I really like the, um, the simplicity of that. You know, as a fan, man, like I said, I always like a different take on the character. Oh, yeah. Always. Even for Marvel with their um, the ultimate line they had. Now it's no more no more. Yeah. But, I mean, but that that's that's good. It's yeah. good that it came and it finished. Right. You know, it's like, and so anybody can go and collect the entire Ultimates line and go, oh, that was a great story. They, yeah, they were great stories. Now, Ted, I appreciate you doing an interview with me. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. You know, child, I'm enjoying Dragon Con. I mean, this is my fourth year going to Dragon Con. Sweet. And so, I really enjoyed the podcast with me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, and, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, keep up the good work. Will do. And I'll be checking out. Um, you keep doing what you do, man. Hey, so you want to leave anything? Um, and have people contact you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Find me at, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Okay. And uh, tednavy.com. Okay, cool, cool. All right, then. Take care, all right? Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Being Amos Podcast. I got Gothic Sushi with me today. Hello. Sushi Savet. And Little Lutus. Little Lutus? Yes. She's so happy. She's oh little. man, you're so cute. Look at you. <laughs> so Gothic. She's yes. so lewd. So how have you been so far in Dragon Con? I'm very tired. It's been amazing. This right. is 
the best convention I ever go to. Really? The best cosplays come out of the woodwork here. Yeah, I would say that. We seen a sp flying spaghetti monster on the way in. It was, it was awesome. A it's a, there was he was like a big noodle with spaghetti meatballs. Really? It was amazing. We need to try to find him. Yeah, I got video. Yes, yeah, so we were driving on the Uber and we seen him. We're like, oh my god, look at that guy. Yeah, that's funny. We had to hail him. That's our so, all y'all come from Tampa, right? Um, no. no, we're actually all we're all this from Florida. This is Miami. Oh. I'm from Melbourne. And I'm south of Tampa. South we'll of say Tampa. Tampa. Oh, okay, so you from Miami. Well, West Palm. West Palm. Yeah. Hey, man, still nice down there. I Miami mean, is where I'm concerned. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone from Miami hates when I do that. I'm like, man, you're from Miami. Tampa as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I've been down. I've been down to Fort Myers in that area, man. That's, that's yeah. nice. That's nice. Miami. Yeah. Exactly. We are aligned. <laughs> so, um, how long have you been doing cosplay? Um, I am in about two and a half years. Two and a half years? Mm -hmm. So, what made you do cosplay? Um, I moved down here from upstate New York. Or, well, you're to Florida. New, you're in the from New York? I'm from New York. Really? Yes, I am. That is like wicked cool. There we go. That's, you dropped the wicked word. Wicked. You know I'm, I'm a northerner when I drop wicked. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then I moved down here and I was a tattoo artist right. in Florida. And I had no clients, no friends, no nothing because I uprooted my whole life. Right. And of course I'm obviously a nerd so I'm like trying to beg people. I'm like, I will give you Batman tattoos for cheap. Just come to me. And they were like, you should do these cons. So my friends dragged me to one. Oh, really? And they're like, just wear your Halloween costume, which just happened to be Deadpool. You know what's the cool thing about cosplay? It's Halloween all year round. Yes. Exactly. That's why we do it. I'm pretty sure that's why. Halloween is just me. shopping for us. <laughs> shopping yeah. for you? It's shopping. Yeah. I'm pretty Candy. sure I more clothes for cosplays now. I don't even know closet. what to do for Halloween anymore. <laughs> well, you should do something. I don't think Halloween cosplay. I, I don't even care to dress up anymore. Really? I, just, I go trick-or-treating uh -huh. every year. Because nobody knows that you I'm do? not a child. Can we go trick or treating together? Yep. It's a. It's a. I've only missed one year of my entire life at trick or treating. I had children, so I could continue to trick or treat. Really? I was working, and I. Couldn't I feel get. so bad. You know, I'm. I was deprived of uh, Halloween. I send them out for candy. You're deprived of Halloween. I was deprived of Halloween. Uh, I only went once in my childhood. That's very what? sad. <laughs> I can't talk about it, religious stuff, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Off the record. Off the record, you know. Um, yeah, but so I did that, and then like a week later, they're like, "There's this huge con, Animate Miami, in Miami. You should right. do that." And I was like, "You know what? I moved to Florida to be free and live my life. I'm going to Miami." And I went all by myself <laughs> would be the place to my first free. like actual con, really? and I just jumped in my car and drove to Miami by myself. No, what fascinated me with cosplay because I mean I'm new to the con scene myself, and I've been in Atlanta for 15 years now. So you're local here. I'm local here, yeah. So I'm local. Hot so, Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, it's hot. I tagged it. I checked in at Hot Atlanta, and it pulls up on Facebook. I'm like, that's not even a fucking place. Hey man, hey, people want to make it where they want to make it, right? Yeah, hot Atlanta. But I mean, it's just like the cosplay, man. It's it's it exploded. It's huge here. It's huge. It's really huge here. And uh, I mean, I was the, the weirder than just dumbfounded. Like, man, these costumes are great. Now, I'm a big geek and nerd myself, so I mean, I won't be doing this, right? So, but I mean, I think it's amazing what y'all do, man. It's just so creativity and everything. That's why it's so awesome. It's a great way to release that extra creativity. Like, I'm used to drawing and painting, but this right. is like I can bring it to life and bring my friends into my painting almost and like play. Yeah, I grew up in Japan and I've been doing this my whole life, but we didn't call it cosplay. We were just dressing up. And then I come to the U.S. and nobody would do it with me. So it was just me and my corsets and 
everything I was wearing walking around all the time and then all of a sudden conventions became huge and I'm like I'll go to that <laughs> I'll go to that and wear what I'll wear I've just been doing it for two years I... oh you you the baby of the group oh, she is our baby we adopted her I am their love child where did we officially adopt her I think Sushi actually uh, dressed super her today yes super we did we actually pulled all our clothes out of her bag uh, and our wig and we're like we're dressing you like a Barbie today we made this in our like our luggage I did see your Facebook live on your feed oh this morning yeah, this morning. We decided that we decided that wasn't cute enough, so we're like we're playing dress up right now because she was supposed to be our launch, right? But and I forgot the wig. That's my fault. She didn't launch it. She wasn't very launchy, and I, I wanted her to be cute like us, right? Because she was just like kind of like hot nerd girl, and I was like, let's make her super cute anime kitten. <laughs> so that's what we did. Plus, we just wanted to see her in this again. Yes, we yeah. enjoyed this costume on her last Friday. So uh, I kind of follow you through social media, through Instagram and um, Facebook. And to me, I think your best cosplay so far is Deadpool. It's my oh, your favorite. That, it's, and that's my favorite because this. That's yeah. It's my favorite. It is. And that's the thing. That was my first cosplay I ever did. That was my Halloween costume that I right. wore. Deadpool's actually it's like gotten shorter and shorter. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, actually, that I'm on my 16th rendition of Deadpool. Really? I just did the Suicide Squad Harley, Lady Deadpool. So I actually have 16 versions of Deadpool. Right. So it's just a growing thing. You should do a time lapse. Oh, I don't. I would have to like take. Now it's different variation of Deadpool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you could do um, a Deadpool pirate. I think you did that already. I think I have pirated Deadpool. Okay. And I've done, I've done Tank Girl Pool. Right. And I've done, like, tons of different variations of his costume. My first one was my I Heart Spidey Pool, which has I Heart Spidey on the butt. Right. That's my favorite one. I'm actually, I'm working on trying to remake that one now. Really? Because it's like the full suit, and at this time my suits have all fallen apart. So what about you? I'm actually going to be her Gwenpool now. Oh man, Gwenpool is nice. Because we're sushi and sushi, and we just met um, earlier this year because of our game. Right. She's like, You're another sushi. I'm like, You're another sushi. Which I want to quote most people get mad about that shit. Yeah, most people get pissed. They don't like other cosplayers doing their cosplay, which is the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard of because. Really? They do. They do. Girls are catty, and I don't have a lot of cosplay friends because. We're catty. How catty they are. I have no comment on that. Oh, yeah. For y'all guys listening, y'all casting. I wish y'all could see this. Well, that's one of the reasons why I love her so much. Right. We clicked like that. And we're like, Sushi and Sushi, we're like, let's do Deadpool. Let's do so Full Money. She'll pick like a cosplay and I'll do play off of it. And then I'll pick a cosplay and she'll play off of it. Like I do Boma. She's Android 18. And that's how, like, we did this we before. Did. Yeah. Oh, we each other. okay, okay, okay. So, so I'm going to do her Gwen. Deadpool, you got to Bob. No. Now I'm doing Gwenpool. Oh, She's you know, Gwenpool. We have a bop. We have a bop. That is Harley's Love Shack. Oh. Harley's sh- Love Shack is our bop. So where you fit in this? Oh, I'm we a schoolgirl pool. This is, this is She's our, the unicorn. She is our unicorn. <laughs> That's the best idea ever. Yes. We're going to make her the unicorn. That's our initial. I have a unicorn onesie. You know, unicorn was kind of like, you're to do the unicorn, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what we do to the unicorn. <laughs> she's okay with this. Don't you happy you're not getting video? That's why she's the little nudist. I don't know about that. 
She is the little Ludus. We literally crafted her yeah. at Supercon this year and brought we her in. We stole her from the she, cosplay medics and volunteers. Yes, we stole her from the volunteer booth yeah. and we so literally we just dragged her to Dragon Con this year. Oh, wow. Awesome. Me and, when me and Gothic Sushi get together, we grab um, women and we take them with us and they don't always stay with us, but this one hasn't gone away She's yet. like, I love you. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. This is when, you know, you get kidnapped and you start just loving your kidnapper. Yes. That's what happens. That's what exactly. <laughs> I forget what it's called. We, some we, sort of syndrome. Fatty Hearst. Stockholm syndrome. Fatty Hearst. We did that to you. I'm so proud of myself. Yes. So how long does it take you to get your um, costume ready and stuff like that? Um, well, you watch the feet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I want some of the feet. I was busy. At I got up else. this morning at like 9, 10 before these girls were up and put my outfit on. Right. I was supposed to do the R&R &R in my back. And I put the iron on top of my arm on accident and it destroyed the whole thing. I'm like, well, I have no more babies. Wow. So I don't have that. So, we just talked earlier. Um, what other cons you got and upcoming cons you going to? Oh, this weekend. Well, we have one next, well, like, next weekend is Space Coast Comic Con. All right, where's that? That's in, um, it's, uh, Merida. It's over by NASA, right? Yeah, it's either Merida and Cocoa because we're staying in Cocoa Beach. Cocoa Beach. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've been to Cocoa Beach before. It's and, nice. And then after that, me and her doing Animate Miami because yes. she can't come to that. I can't come. Which we're I'm crushed. I'm doing a whole week of bondage. Yeah. Because I do fetish modeling, so I can't go. Oh, you do? But I am the girl on the poster for Animate. Yeah, me. she's the I'm hash. the Ash. Oh. <laughs> so everyone's mad. So everyone's pissed at me that I'm not going back. So I being the geek and nerd that you are, so what is your favorite comic book? Comic book would... Uh, right now in my adult life is Deadpool. Okay. And I've always liked X-Men. Right. But I didn't realize the dry humor of Deadpool until I was like 16, 17. When I was growing up and... People yell at me for this. My favorite comic books to read were Thor and Aquaman. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aquaman. Yeah, uh, Aquaman. But, um, but 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 but. Did you see my new now. husband? He's badass. Bad That's my future husband. It's like she knew. He's yeah. on my phone. He's badass. He's my screensaver. Oh, Jason, huh? Jason mm -hmm. Momoa. We met one of them. What about you? What's, what's your favorite? My favorite is Hack and Slash, and I actually just started talking to Tim Seeley personally, and he sent me signed. Uh, copies of Hack and Slash really? so that he wants my cosplays. You know he does a book called Revival. Mm -hmm. That's great. Oh, I fucking... You can put it back. You can put it back now. I, 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 put it back. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I, I, Aquaman. So what about you? Mine would be Tank Girl. My father's from England so he kind of just grew up. He's like, here, you should read this. It's a very witty sense of humor. I have the whole Tank Girl here. Oh my god, I fucking love you. When I grew up in Japan, that was the only comic books we would get were the ones from Europe, so I read so many comics. So, what y'all got planned for tonight? Tonight's our free day, actually. We're just like hanging out, yeah, doing photos, for 48 doing hours. interviews. Right. We're just hanging out, shopping, just being, being ourselves. We don't have no plans tonight. We're being really punny today. Yes, it is pun day Sunday. You're so cute. You too. You're so cute. That's why I keep him around. Yeah, that's a great idea. Keep him around. So I'm, I'm so glad I caught up with you guys. Thank you. I, I, I'm you glad know, you found us. Yeah, I mean, we're horrible at finding people. And you recognize her with the cat face. So I know because I saw her this morning. That's oh yeah, why. that's right. You've seen us getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> 
Talk to y'all three. Y'all are so, so fun. Yay! We just yeah. had a whole cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a wrap yeah. for um, Just Being Named the Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're doing high fives? Hey, oh, I win the potato. <laughs> there you have it. Dragon Con I had a great time there, great interviews. You know what? I always like to tell my people that's listening that you know go to these conventions. You know, go to convention that you really like. You know, Dragon Con for me is one of my favorite cons of the year, next to Heroes Con. You know, but I will say this: um, I had a great time with my friends. I went to a lot of panels, stuff like that. And guys, I, I want to give a shout out to Jen, Ted. JR, Gothic, and Dexter for allowing me to interview them while they was doing their thing. So guys, if you really want to go to a con that's outstanding, that's for nerds, geeks, for anybody, I recommend going to Dragon Con. You know, you can reach me on my social media at just being Amos at Twitter, just being Amos at Instagram. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Peace.